What are we supposed to tell the girls? That we couldn't do the one thing that we promised because we're ridiculous in confidence? Now we're never gonna phone because we got used tampon Fogel. How do you get in retirement? I don't get it. He's got shit for brains. Alright, how else can we get alcohol? Yo, guys! What's up? Fogel, where have you been, man? You almost gave me a goddamn heart attack. Let me see it. Are you pussy out or what? No, no, man. I got it. It's flawless. Shit. Hawaii. Alright, that's that's good. It's hard to trace, I guess. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? McLovin? What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What are you trying to be an Irish R and B singer? Oh, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin. Yeah, it was between that and Muhammad. Why the fuck would it be between that or Muhammad? Why don't you just pick a common name like a normal person? Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for once. Fogel, have you ever actually met anyone named Muhammad? Have you actually ever met anyone named McLovin? No, that's why you picked a dumb fucking name. Fuck you. Give me that. All right. You look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. What? What name? What name? Who are you, Seal? Fogel, this ID says you're 25 years old. Why wouldn't you just put 21, man? Seth, 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 listen up, ass face. Every day, hundreds of kids go into the liquor store with their fake IDs, and every single one says they're 21. How many 21-year-olds do you think there are in this town? It's called fucking strategy, all right? Let's stay calm, okay? Let's not lose our heads. No. It's, it's, it's a fine ID. It'll, it's gonna work. It's passable, okay? This, this isn't terrible. I mean, it's up to you, Fogel. This guy's either gonna think, here's another kid with a fake ID, or here's McLovin, the 25-year-old Hawaiian organ donor. Okay, so what's it gonna be? I am McLovin. Uh. No, you're not. No one's McLovin. McLovin's never existed because that's a made-up, dumb, fucking fairy tale name, you fuck! Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of The Greatest Moments in the History of Forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 311, Super Bad. I would say a comedy that defined a generation. 311. Yeah. You a big 311 guy? Uh, never really was, no. I was in sixth grade. Amber was the color of my energy for a little bit, but I didn't really stick with 311. They had that blue self-titled album yeah, with Down on it. Uh-huh. That came out when I was in middle school, I guess, sixth grade maybe. It was huge. There were a couple attempts in my life to make 311 be one of my bands, but I, they never had like enough songs that I yeah. was into. Yeah, a lot of their songs sucked. Yeah. I saw them live a couple times on like bigger shows with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not for me. Isn't it weird, though, looking back in time, that this came out in 07, and then you have The Hangover in 09? Two comedies that everybody flocked to. That's where you're going? The Hangover? I don't know. I feel like The Hangover was huge, and everybody thought it was hilarious. Yeah, but that came at the tail end of the era that okay. we're going to be talking about in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But there was a whole era that started in like we, 2003. Like the Will Ferrell stuff. 
Yeah, and it gave into the way into the Apatow stuff, uh-huh. and Todd Phillips was a part of it, and there was different groups, but then there was crossover among the groups. I would say that it started with old school. Yeah. What do you think is more definitive, The Hangover or Wedding Crashers? For me, Wedding Crashers. But Wedding I, Crashers was a huge movie, though. Yeah, okay. I know The Hangover was, too, and there were yeah. two sequels and the whole thing. But if anything, the sequels, I think, diminished the legacy. That People is true. People kind of forget that is true. how into the first one they were. Yeah. All right. Anyway, super bad. This is a weird episode for us because... For people who have listened to the program for any amount of time, you may have noticed we don't really do a lot of comedies just because it doesn't really work for our format that well. We do certain kinds of comedies, sure. Cedar Rapids in the early days. Oh, yeah, that's going way back. Another Greg Matola movie, Adventureland. But Hell that's yeah. definitely got more of a drama feel to it. It has to have a story to it because we're not going to do something like absurd oh yeah it wouldn't really make sense for us to do airplane or something like that you know (laughs) like what are we gonna describe all the jokes i don't know well even something that's a lot of shock humor like a fist foot way or something where the comedy is hilarious but it's like how do you really talk about that yeah although we might actually be able to do that but i don't think i don't know if that would really be a big enough movie i don't know if people would really care if we did that Mm. but anyway we're going to give this a shot, and we're going to see how it goes. I think Superbad is the right choice just because there's a lot for us to relate to uh-huh. and maybe some jumping off points into our own lives. Yeah, well, this episode and another episode we'll be doing soon are movies that are somewhere in my top 10 list of most watched in my lifetime. Going back to being a kid. This is some fucking bullshit that we're hearing right now, folks. This motherfucker gave Superbad three and a half stars Mm -hmm. on Letterboxd. And I believe if you go back and read my review, it's because I just beat it to death. That's not a reason to penalize the movie. That would be a reason to be like, this is definitely a five-star movie. I do recognize that. I do recognize that. (laughs) I'm going to bump it up when I recheck it in for the episode. Yeah, I don't know. That has happened. Before we get into all things super bad, let's remind everyone to follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, etc. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us at greatestpod at gmail.com. Greatestpod at gmail.com. We are recording this a mere two or three days, I guess three days after Malcolm X, and we are also recording our next episode right after this. We had to work ahead a little bit, so we don't really have any new emails or anything to read, but the email, the Twitter, that's where you can reach us for sticker requests, listener requests, etc. You can also give us a tip through our tip jar on Twitter, and if you would like, you can find us on Letterboxd, Zach1983, and Matt Crosby. And most importantly... I would say even more than all of that, please give us a rating and review oh, on yeah. Apple Podcasts. We've gotten a couple in the last week or so. Thank you so much. Hope to see more in the future. Hit that email box up. Yeah, we'll read your email on the show if you want. Even if you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Super Bad was released in the summer of 2007. It was directed by Greg Matola, written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. 
The budget was somewhere between 17.5 and 20 million dollars. The box office came in at 170.8 million. It was a huge hit. There was a lot of anticipation leading up to the film too. I remember seeing trailers in the theater and recognizing instantly that this was going to be funny and mm-hmm. great, which is a feeling that I never have anymore because there aren't <laughs> comedies. There's almost no comedies at all released, and the ones that are are not particularly funny. It was a golden age that we didn't realize that we were living in. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's younger people who are rolling their eyes at this bullshit because humor changes. And some people probably don't find this kind of humor funny. It was definitely a time, and all things change. But for us, elder millennials, oh yes, this is really captured the essence era. of being a loser nerd and what you did for fun with your friends. <laughs> We're only going to talk about the theatrical cut. I did not rewatch the unrated one on Blu-ray or anything like that. And if you would like to watch it, it's on HBO Max and Hulu right now although i couldn't get it to work on hbo max for some reason okay maybe just hulu i watched it on hulu it is on hbo max but i was playing other things and i kept trying to go back to super bad and it would just do a succession trailer and then say this has stopped working oh i don't know what the deal was well that that could be your thing or i have a blu-ray of it that i think i got from you a steel book i have one so i don't know (laughs) i don't know maybe not then maybe i bought it at some point yeah, I don't remember ever buying it more than once. Okay. Well, I have that same steel book. So that's what I watched. So you may have watched the unrated cut. Potentially. I I don't remember what the differences are. Yeah, I don't know. This was the golden age of, I guess, what you would call bro comedies. It kind of kicked off with the frat pack, as they were called, at least online. Mm-hmm. The Wilson brothers, Luke and Owen, Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, and of course, Will Ferrell. You had old school, Dodgeball, Anchorman, Wedding Crashers, all of those things. That gives into kind of a crossover between Todd Phillips and Judd Apatow. Apatow has 40-Year-Old Virgin. He brings in some of the guys that we would know from Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared, which he had worked with in television. That leads into Knocked Up, which came out the same summer as Superbad, which is crazy. Think about that. I know. (laughs) Now, if you don't like these kind of movies, then you're probably thinking, who cares? But for us, that was unbelievable to have two comedies at that level. One comes out in like June, and one comes out in August. Yeah, it's unbelievable, really. I can remember, too, this was one of those movies. This is kind of a relic of the past for the Buzz Around movies as well, where it had two lives. That original theatrical run where a bunch of people are talking about it, you go out somewhere. This time I was in college, so it was like you go to a party and people are like, have you seen Superbad yet? You have to see it in the theater. And then a few months down the road when it's on physical media, it's like breathing a whole new life again. Yeah, I saw it twice in theaters. I actually had a friend who was out of town the weekend it came out and he was saying, you have to wait to see this movie with me. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll wait, I'll wait. And then <laughs> yeah. I saw it with my girlfriend opening night, and then I just pretended like I hadn't seen it and <laughs> saw it with him, too. <laughs> it was a time. And the reason why we ended up doing super bad over some of these other comedies, because initially, I think when I was doing the planning, I had written in Wedding Crashers. Mm. I think Superbad actually ages better. 
Probably. Not in terms of how funny it is. Yeah. Wedding Crashers is still very funny to me. <laughs> but there's a little bit more you cringe at in Wedding Crashers being like, okay, that's not how people are anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't joke about that or you can't do this kind of thing or it's bad that they're taking advantage of women and all this different stuff. Where in Superbad, ultimately for teenage boys trying to get laid, that kind of vibe, it ages pretty well. <laughs> yeah. They don't do anything bad. Even though Seth, the character Seth, has sort of a bad mindset, he kind of learns that maybe that's not the best way to behave. And then Evan always doesn't think that's a good idea and yeah. can't overcome thinking that's not right to try to get a girl drunk just to sleep with her, that kind of a thing. They definitely are funny and they say some funny mm-hmm. fucked up shit, but they're pretty cool. And honestly, in terms of the usual amount of misogyny you would get out of something like this, it's pretty low. Yeah. Maybe the commentary, but at the end of the day, these dudes are harmless because they are just losers. Yeah. I mean... They're definitely not frat guy types that are actually a real threat. In fact, the the girls they try to get with seem way scarier (laughs) than them. (laughs) And they are intimidated by them. Definitely. Rogan and Goldberg started Superbad at age 13, basing it on their own experiences in Vancouver in the 90s, pre-Freaks and Geeks, hence the names Seth and Evan for the characters. Rogan was initially slated to play Jonah Hill's character Seth, but due to his physical size and age, he plays a police officer instead. But I think it's kind of funny that in reality, Rogan is actually only one and a half years older than Hill. But, I can remember for this movie because I knew Jonah Hill before this. He would pop up and stuff. He was in like Grandma's Boy, and he was like he was in Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah, but and he was like really big, and he looked older than what he ends up looking in this movie. Yeah, there's just something about that one and a half years because Rogan seems like an adult. Yeah, and Hill is able to pull off still being in high school. Right. But somehow, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It would be a completely different movie if Seth Rogen was trying to be an high schooler. That would be frightening. But by the time Funny People comes out, which is only like a couple years down the line, Jonah Hill does not look like he could play a high schooler anymore. Bringing Superbad to the big screen took many years. Matola even had a script reading with Rogen and Jason Siegel in the leads back in 2001 while working on Undeclared. Rogan and Goldberg have cited Days and Confused, Fast Times mm-hmm. at Ridgemont High, and American Graffiti as inspirations. Yeah, I always thought about Days and Confused when I would watch this, just because it very much has that. It all takes place in one day, basically. End of high school, yeah. all one big night, big party, right. all on the line kind of a thing for some people. It doesn't quite have that same laid-back feel. There's no. a little bit more of a franticness Definitely, to this. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> As you said, it's an era-defining classic comedy. It was an instant smash hit, obviously, based on that box office. And it also got pretty rave reviews. There was an era where the tide began to turn in terms of critical reception for comedies. In the 90s, it felt like most comedies Mm -hmm. that were successful, at least, got trashed. Yeah. Even ones that I consider to be pretty funny. For example, I don't really think Tommy Boy was a critical darling. Yeah. Yet I think Tommy Boy is hilarious in one of the funniest movies. Yeah, that's true. For the 90s, I basically think of Jim Carrey, Chris Farley, and Adam Sandler. Like That's what I think of for 90s comedy. I know there's other stuff. 
Yeah. But that's always what comes to the front of my mind. Yeah, I don't think, think Dumb and Dumber anyway. got great reviews, although I could be wrong. I'm I'm just trying to remember off although the top of my at head. the time when Superbad was out and it was popular, I remember a friend of mine saying that it was our generation's Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I didn't think that way. There, there would be a comedy significant to a generation. I would have been insulted probably because I would have thought, why isn't Dumb and Dumber part of my generation too? Yeah. I remember it. <laughs> I was alive when it came out. <laughs> well, what year was that? 95, I think. Okay. Maybe. One of the things that jumps out at me right away when the movie starts and was really a big part of the marketing and the trailer and everything was this whole emphasis on a 70s aesthetic yeah. with the music, the vintage Columbia logos at the beginning of the film. Right. Eventually, Seth is wearing clothes that are reminiscent of 70s clothes Definitely. when he has to wear Evan's dad stuff. So I don't know what that comes from, but... It added to the whole... It gave it a certain flavor. flavor. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And it almost feels like you can get lost in the time period, except then they're pulling out like their flip phones. <laughs> Which also makes you get lost in the <laughs> time period. <laughs> in a different way now. Yo! Hey, man, I was doing some research for next year, and I think I figured out which website I want to subscribe to. The Vagtastic Voyage. Which one is the Vagtastic Voyage? The Vagtastic Voyage is the one where they find like random girls on the street and they invite them into a van and then they bang them once they're on the van. It's like 13 bucks a month and you get access to a bunch of other sites like one's Latina, one's Asian, um, you know, there's one for fetishes like feet and pee pee and shit and stuff like that. It's disgusting, you're like an animal. What? I'm disgusting. You're the weird one, man. Don't make me feel weird because I like porn. You're the weird one for not liking porn. I'm normal as shit. Peeing on people? That's normal? Evan. I'm not saying I'm going to look at it. I'm just saying that it comes with the site, okay? I don't know what I'm going to be into 10 years from now. I'm just sick of all the amateur stuff, you know? I mean, like, if I'm paying top dollar, I want a little production value, you know? Like some editing, transition, something, some music. Yeah, you know, well, I'm sorry, Evan, that the Coen brothers don't direct the porn that I watch. They're hard to get a hold of, okay? Plus, your parents are gonna be looking at the bill, dipshit. Yeah, you're right. I probably should pick the one with the least dirty-sounding name. Uh, what about, like, Perfect 10? Something like that, you know? Like, Perfect 10? Because that could be any number of things, you know? They can't really get you for that. That could be, like, a bowling website. Yeah, but they don't really show dick going in, which is a huge concern. I didn't realize that. Plus, have you ever seen a vagina by itself? Not for me. Hi. Thanks for taking him, Seth. No, no problem, Jane. How are you? Good. Hey, don't touch that, I'm okay? not a piece of meat. You two are funny. I can't imagine what you're going to do without each other next year. Evan told me you didn't get into Dartmouth. I got into some schools, some pretty good ones, so I'll be fine. You gonna miss each other? No, miss each other? No, thank you. I know I don't miss each other. Yeah, I'm gonna cry myself to sleep every night. Me too. When I'm out partying. Go to school, boys. Bye, Mom. Bye, Jane. I am truly jealous you got to suck on those tits when you were a baby. Yeah, well, at least you got to suck on your dad's dick. Seth, played by Jonah Hill, and Evan, played by Michael Sarah, are high school seniors who have been best friends since childhood. However, the dark cloud overhanging their final weeks of school, and of course the following summer, 
is that they are about to go off to different colleges. The movie is really about separation anxiety, codependency, love, I dare say, and obsession. Yes. Which sounds weird and makes it sound like single white female or something, but it's not quite that. It's because when you're in high school, your emotions are very intense and it's hard to rein them in. Now, this is something that we would talk about if we were talking about fucking bug juice or something. (laughs) You have to remember that even in 2007, which seems pretty current, we weren't quite where we are now with the internet. Right. The internet was definitely a thing. They make a MySpace joke in there. There was the beginning of social media, that kind of stuff. But you didn't have Twitter. Facebook wasn't huge yet. The idea that you would be going to colleges on different sides of the country from your best friend would freak you the fuck out in a way that probably isn't as bad now because you would feel way more connected to right. people now. Yeah, it had more of a feeling like something's changing and it's never going to be the same, which is still true. But to your point, it's not that hard cut the way that it used to be. Yeah, I think the idea of something's changing and it's never going to be the same is how a lot of great art comes from. It doesn't have to be high school going mm-hmm. into college, but just anything. And even the secret underlying meanings of certain horror films and stuff where there's this fear of abandonment, fear that your friends are leaving and you're going to be alone and what's going to happen next and the future is the most terrifying thing you can imagine. Definitely. Even if you can't articulate that. You don't even understand it. It's more of like an existential dread and it takes a lot to really dig through your emotions when you are not in touch with them in a real way in high school and Mm -hmm. they're very overpowering like you don't understand in a relationship like seth and evans that you are kind of loving each other in that way in so many ways you miss being young because of the excitement and the fun but there's a lot of ways i am so happy to never be young again (laughs) yeah the opening is pretty funny they're on the cell phones discussing which porn subscriptions they should get and Evan's mom is attractive and Seth is talking about his jealousy that Evan got to suck on her titties. Okay. And Evan's comeback is one of the all time. Oh yeah. (laughs) At least you got to suck on your dad's dick. (laughs) So, you know, almost within the first five minutes that we're going somewhere special with this. Well, I actually think this is one of my favorite Michael Sarah appearances because he has that sort of innocent vibe, whereas Jonah Hill's crass pretty much through the entire movie. Screaming, saying fuck like yeah, 180 yeah. times in the movie. But then like the Evan character is more like the sweet one, but then when he has a, a crass line, it's even more hilarious. Yeah. I would say that one of the things that you pick up on the more times you watch it is the subtlety in Michael Sarah's performance. They were actually worried when they were filming the movie whether he was doing enough. Yeah whether it would read. And so they actually had to take the footage and blow it up to put it on a big screen. And then they were laughing and they were getting what he was doing. And they're like, holy shit, this is genius. Right. Because he has like a very subtle way of delivering it. I think that just comes from natural talent, number one, but also the experience of being on a show like Arrested Development where it's all about him reacting Uh to the -the over-the-top performances from Will Arnett and everyone else. Yeah. He has to kind of be that subtle, withdrawn character who has these weird reactions to things. Right. And I think that just kind of comes through in this. I do love that they go to a convenience store before school. I never really got to do cool stuff like that. I did that 
my high school in Massachusetts, my freshman year, something was screwed up with, they had to close down schools and then move the whole bus schedule around. So I went to school like super early and we would go to Dunkin' Donuts before school. That's a dream. Yeah, it was awesome. I look back on it as one of my fondest memories of high school. (laughs) Of your life. (laughs) Going back to, or going to uh, Dunkin' Donuts before class several days a week. My high school was not really close to any stores or restaurants or anything. It's just in the middle of suburban nothing. Mm -hmm. There's no stores within, not even within close driving distance, really. It would take a few minutes, really. Man, that time period in life, though, when you're getting your license and your friends are just getting their license and all of a sudden the world is your oyster. The world's opening up. All right, let's just drive to Burger King because we can. Oh, yeah. So much fun. (laughs) It still kind of is for yeah. me to go to Burger King. <laughs> I know that you love the Zach Morris line here early in the film. I know. Well, at that time period, it felt like Saved by the Bell was just something that had gone out of the zeitgeist as something being referenced. Yeah, I do know what you mean. It was it was a line that jumps out a little bit because you're not expecting that. Yeah. So what they're talking about here, Seth and Evan, before they go to school, is they both have ladies of interest i guess Mm -hmm. you would say becca for evan jules for seth and they're trying to come up with with ways to talk to them to get an in with them to have a chance to hook up with them before summer that way they could have a summer girlfriend that kind of a thing are they going to be sexually experienced before college there's a little bit of a virginity story here which is a very common thing in Mm -hmm. high school movies but there's a little bit more depth and sensitivity even than American Pie, even though this movie's probably more crass than American Pie, if that makes any sense. Nobody in American Pie is running around saying fuck. That's true. Like Jonah Hill does in this movie. Yeah, yet. But the sexual level in American Pie is definitely... Yeah, they're more misogynistic, degrading, Yeah, gross in a way. It's funny. I don't get like offended by it. It came out eight years before Superbad, but I don't know. Superbad is more like that kind of like, oh man, we got to lose our virginity, but that never feels like the focus mm-hmm. because they actually like these girls, even if they want to try to pretend like, oh, well, Seth wants to pretend like, oh, I just want to fuck her so that I can be experienced for college. You never really believe that. right? He wants to be more of a hard-edged kind of a guy than he actually is. Right. By the time he's, like, crying in front of her, (laughs) you know, we get the reality here. That would totally be me. (laughs) There's a bully waiting for them outside the convenience store named Jesse, who really clarifies Seth and Evan's place in the social hierarchy (laughs) at their school for us, in case we were confused. This bully, a hard guy to look at, though. Yeah, kind of a douche. Yeah. Spits on Seth. Disgusting seems like he's much bigger than them so there's really nothing they can do about it right. they just have to walk away not really something i had too much experience with because i was always very tall mm-hmm. didn't really have a lot of that uh i had some dust-ups with you have it when you show up here yeah it's still going I'm on, on yeah. you. <laughs> i dealt with it then the same way i deal with it now just pretend like i don't even know what's happening to me <laughs> <laughs> it was actually jay baruchel who suggested Michael Sarah for Evan to his good friend. Yeah. It was interesting because I knew this crew going back to 
freaks and geeks. Yeah. You know, that main Judd Apatow crew. And they're, st- they're still kind of making their way up in terms of all being like known people. Like even seeing Martin Starr show up in this movie. Right. But I knew that Michael Sarah was not really a part of it prior to this. Yeah. Hill is obviously hilarious. He's boisterous, cursing nonstop, having the meltdowns, yeah. cannot stand their friend Fogel. But Sarah's job is harder to pull off because he's sort of the straight man, but he still has to deliver some great line deliveries, comebacks, reactions. But all while not really getting super emotional about anything. I don't know. Just like his interactions with Becca are very funny. Everything that he does is it ages perfectly. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Becca, we meet her pretty early on, played by Martha McIsaac. She brings up Jesse's grad party, the, the guy that just spit on them. Right. <laughs> Evan's like, it's a maybe. Yeah. It's a maybe. <laughs> Meanwhile, he was staring at her tits in class, and then he gets caught, and then he just sort of does that thing where he's like looking off in all directions, <laughs> which is such a move. Well, she makes the weirdest look at him, too, of confusion. Yeah. Well, this interaction here when after class in the hall mm-hmm. is something that... I don't even think I would have picked up on in 2007. I just didn't really... Because I was basically like Evan. Right. I would miss all kinds of signs. Oh, signs yeah. are flying right by you. You don't get anything. <laughs> just hitting you in the face. She's so into him. I know. And it's not really that hidden because when he describes this ridiculous version of how he's busy, what he does with his friends, he makes it sound very fun and cool. Meanwhile, it's him, Fogel, and Seth... Drinking beers in a basement, yeah. puking on each other, trying to get into a strip club, making asses of themselves. Punching each other in the nuts. <laughs> but he makes it sound interesting to her, and she goes, I would love to do that. That sounds like a fun thing to do. And yeah. he goes, oh, who wouldn't? And her <laughs> face, she has a face where she's just like so disappointed that she's like, how much more obvious can I make I it to this guy that I'm into him? And right. he just doesn't. And then he's like, all right, bye, and then walks away. <laughs> Just power, and she just goes, oh, I guess bye. Yeah. But then we'll be saying things like, you know, I'd give up my third testicle to date Becca or whatever. It's like, dude, she's putting it out there for you. She's coming on pretty strong right from the outset. Evan is totally oblivious. There's no mystery, really, at all where this is heading. She already likes him. But at the same time, this is insanely accurate how it is for a lot of guys. Right. They just cannot accept the possibility that a girl likes them yeah and i think that especially in high school the social structure definitely exists for everyone but i do think that guys are just like look if we're in the class of people that get spit on right dating pretty girls is not on the table (laughs) yeah it's very accurate there are guys including myself sometimes where a, a girl could be topless with her hand on your crotch, and you're still, like, wondering if she likes you. <laughs> like, you're still not sure. Yeah. Like, you're so afraid of rejection, because that's how guys operate a lot of the time, except for a certain select lucky percentage of yes, guys. the upper tier. Next up is home at class. Another brilliant, hilarious moment. You have Evan paired up with a kid named Maroki and their interactions together. I know. Which make <laughs> Seth jealous. <laughs> Because he's not happy with whoever his partner was who wasn't there that day. And then he gets in the teacher's face and he's going on that whole rant. And she's just like baffled as to what he's talking about. She's just like, I can't believe you're even doing this. So she pairs Seth up with Jules, who's 
partner was also not there. Jules, of course, played by Emma Stone, who would go on to have a huge career after this movie. Really, to be one of the actresses that's always in consideration for every role for the next 10 years. Yeah, Academy Award winning Emma Stone. This is the first time I ever remember seeing her. We did the House Bunny as a very early listener request. What year did that come out? Was that the next year or the same year? I don't know. This was also the first movie I remember her being in, but... I feel like when I saw The House Bunny in the theater, parentheses, <laughs> which I did... Something we're not ashamed to admit on the show. I feel like I already knew who she was from Superbad. I was like, oh, that's the girl from Superbad. But I don't know. Yeah, The House Bunny was 2008. There you go. There you have it. Seth can't help himself. He's miming lewd acts behind her back. <laughs> just insane, though, because this seems like something that very easily someone could just tell her. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's in front of a classroom full of people. Yeah, but it's high school. Everyone's doing it. I know. (laughs) It's not as obvious. It's not as on front street as it is with Becca, but it does seem like Jules... Definitely. ...is at least tolerant of him because he says a lot of weird shit. And she's improving with him. She's, like, ready to play. Yeah, she seems like she thinks he's funny and stuff. Evan did reference in the convenience store that she got hot last summer, which... (laughs) Is a thing that guys probably say when a girl develops, I guess, when you're in high school. I definitely remember kids saying that to me in yeah that era of my life. Yeah. I know that we just did five minutes on how this movie ages great and treats women respectfully, but yes, I mean, that is things that sure. guys actually say in yeah. real life. Jules invites Seth to a party she's having in her house that night, right before Seth and Evan's friend, more, I guess, Evan's friend, Fogel, Stops by the classroom to tell them about his plans to obtain a fake ID. Desperate to impress Jules, Seth promises to buy alcohol for the party with the money she gives him. We'll get back to that in a minute because it doesn't all happen right now, but that's essentially where this is headed. Christopher Mintz Plass, is that mm-hmm. how you say his name? Yeah, I don't know. As Fogel, aka McLovin. We're going to refer to him as McLovin. That's what people refer to him in real life. It's unfortunate. It's just one of those Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is McLovin. Right. Sorry, you got to be an iconic part that no one will ever forget. Same thing, Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) Yeah. It is what it is. It's a blessing and a curse. You get to be in a classic once-in-a-lifetime comedy, but people are probably going to call you that character's name for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Jules has... A Veronica Lake peekaboo hairstyle that is pretty wild for a high schooler to have just because it's... It seems like quite an operation to pull it off. Yeah. Not wild as in, like, inappropriate or anything, but just, like, whoa. <laughs> it's, like, stunning <laughs> that it's like happening. like commitment in the morning that this has to be part of the routine. Well, it's just the way it's cut. With yeah. With bangs. Jennifer Lawrence was evidently also considered for wow. jewels. Would have been pretty early on. I think it worked out for the best because we didn't really know her on a mainstream level till winter's bone Mm -hmm. they both are now like best friends or something and they kind of had on a completely different way of getting there yeah what can you say about mclovin other than hilarious it's it's one of the all-time home run casting decisions home run performances it's a guy that you kind of know uh-huh You kind of know this guy from high school. I know guys that remind me of this so much. I wasn't necessarily like good friends with them, but there were guys in my life that this guy seems like McLovin. Yeah. We definitely had a friend in our group that we basically just hung out with because of how weird he was. You. Yeah. You were that guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
the little insert here where he's following Nicola, played by an actress that at the time was just going by the name of Viva. Yeah, which one, one is word. more insane, her actress name or her character name? Nicola is not that weird of a name. It's like Nicole, but with an A instead of an E. Okay, I've never met a Nicola in my life, so. He's following her. She's wearing G-string underwear that are coming out over the top of her pants. That's a That's statement. a little wild. Yeah, that is a statement. He's following her, staring at her ass, which, of course, isn't the best, but look, hormones, puberty, it's a wild scene. I was telling you just the other night that I was now thinking maybe it's appropriate that boys and girls go to different high schools <laughs> because it's so out of control at that time period in your life. Anyway, he's following her, and then she turns around. He goes, it's 10.33. <laughs> he looks at his watch. It's 10.33. I don't what? know what time it is. <laughs> so it seems like a plan is developing for the night. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, something's happened. At this point, we don't even know what the relationship is between Jules and Becca. Would Becca be at a Jules party? We don't know. It seems like there is sort of an in crowd, I guess. Uh-huh. And They're both in it. Seth and Evan are not. Right. <laughs> I was definitely not in high school. But by senior year, you kind of have your own thing going when you go to a huge high school like yeah. I did. The graduating classes for each grade was like four to 500 people. Right. You could kind of develop your own little world. But I think when you're younger, at least for me in my experience, there was definitely that wait, you guys are having fun on the weekends? What's happening? Like ninth grade, you're just finding out that there's like a whole world that you're not involved with. Yeah. Well, I remember ninth grade, I started getting invited to parties and I was like too nervous to go to them. Yeah. I definitely think that probably happened at least once or twice. There were situations with girls and dances that I couldn't bring myself to do. (laughs) I was like such a giant pussy. I know. Like in eighth and ninth grade, everything was terrifying. (laughs) It took a little time. Same. They're supposed to be seniors in this movie, but by 11th, 12th grade, I don't know. It it didn't occur to me about like in crowds as much anymore. Right. It was so like everyone had their own lives. Yeah, and the reality was coupled up, and the reality starts to set in that everybody's moving on from this. In the earlier years of high school, it feels like it's this forever. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's been brimming underneath the surface, and we finally find out why Seth doesn't like Becca. Thank God, man. Oh, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I would do terrible, disgusting things to hook up with Jules. Unforgivable things. I hear you, man. Give my middle nut to start dating Becca. Becca's a bitch. You know, I'm, I'm seriously getting fucking sick of you talking about her like that, frankly, if we can be honest with each other. Me too. Like, why do you hate her so much? You've never given me a reason. I'm starting to just think that you like her. Fuck no, man. I hate Becca. Why, man? Fine, Evan. Here it comes. When I was a little kid, I kind of had this problem. And it's not even that big of a deal. Something like 8% of kids do it, but whatever. It's, for some reason, I don't know why, just kind of sit around all day and draw pictures of dicks. What? Draw pictures of dicks. Dicks? Like a man dick? Yeah, like a man dick. I just sit there for hours on end drawing dicks. I don't know what it was. I, c- 
couldn't touch the pen to a piece of paper without it drawing the shape of a penis. That's fucked. No shit, it's really fucked up. Here I am, this little kid, and I can't stop drawing dicks to save my own life. All right, I mean, I just, I don't see what this has to do with Becca. Just listen, okay? Your precious little Becca sat next to me for all of fourth grade. And in the classroom is where I did the majority of my illustrations. I was very secretive about this whole dick operation I had going on. Even I thought it was fucking crazy. Imagine what everyone else would think. So I would stash all of my dick drawings in this Ghostbusters lunchbox that I had. So one day, finishing up this real big, veiny, triumphant bastard, all of a sudden... Pussy. You hit Becca's foot with your dick? Yeah. I know. She starts crying, she flips out. And she rats me out to the principal. He finds his Ghostbusters lunchbox dick treasure chest and he fucking flips out. He calls in my parents. Turns out this principal is some sort of religious fanatic and he thinks I'm possessed by some sort of dick devil. My parents make me go see some therapist and he's asking me all these dick questions. They literally made me stop eating foods that were shaped like dicks. No hot dogs, no popsicles. You know how many foods are shaped like dicks? The best kinds. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, that's really messed up. Super gay. All right, let's stop this, man. Let's, let's go get some dessert. No, I can't, I gotta. Go meet my counselor. I'm picking up my classes for next year. What, so I gotta sit here and eat dessert alone like I'm fucking Steven Glansberg? I get... Yeah, I mean, what do you want me to do? I don't know. Nothing. It's fine. It's, relax, man. I'll see you later. It's fine. I'll be fine. This is the kind of shit that they would just get thrown in to a movie like this, and you'd be like, what the fuck? This is the first part in the movie that feels completely out of nowhere. It all goes back to some ancient history where a young Seth was obsessed with drawing penises <laughs> when he was a kid and kept them in a lunchbox. And then one accidentally gets dropped onto Becca's foot. Young Becca freaks out when she sees what it is. And then the whole cache of penis drawings <laughs> is discovered. And it leads to some trouble. Somehow, even though Seth and Evan were best friends like their whole lives, he didn't know about this. I find that kind of hard to believe. Well, it doesn't seem like something you want to talk about. <laughs> the penis drawings featured in the film are done by David Goldberg, Evan Goldberg's brother. There were close to 1,000 produced, but only a handful were featured in the movie and closing credits. How did the fuck do you have enough time to draw 1,000 penis drawings? It does sort of seem like people would know this story, though, if a lot of these kids have been going to the same school since elementary school. Yeah, maybe his hatred towards Becca is completely unjustified because she kept her fucking mouth shut. Yeah. After she told the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but she could still be bringing it up to this day. I know I would. On. Yeah. <laughs> People don't forget. And these are elaborate drawings, too. And they're kind of insane. Like the one where the penis is Tiananmen Square and <laughs> different moments yeah. in history and famous movies and dinosaurs and Jaws or whatever. The pivotal 
penis drawings were a point of contention with the MPAA, particularly the scene with young Becca holding an image of one of them. Producer Judd Apatow said it was the subject of much legal wrangling, including how erect they could be, if veins could be shown, etc. Hmm. However, the actress playing young Becca, Laura Morano, had a different picture to hold before they cut to the actual drawing. You can even see from the reverse that the drawing she holds appears completely different. So they weren't right. corrupting little kids here. Every single drawing had to be approved individually by the studio's legal department, and they would get notes back saying, too big, too veiny, <laughs> things like <laughs> that. <laughs> This Funny. was like the biggest thing they had to worry about. I'd like for to the see MPA. those exchange of emails. <laughs> now this one's good. You can't say no to this one. Nope. Too erect. Too veiny. <laughs> Evan, get into the game. Take it over to me. Seth, get off the field. Dude, get out of here. They're gonna make me run laps again. Dude, just fucking listen, okay? Jules and her stupid fucking friend came up to me, and they asked me to buy her alcohol. But not just her. For a whole party. You know what that means? By some divine miracle, we were paired up, and she actually thought of me. Thought of me enough to decide that I was the guy she would trust with the whole funness of her party. She wants to fuck me. She wants my dick in and around her mouth. Did you ever think that maybe she's just using you to get her alcohol? She doesn't want your dick. <laughs> yes, of course I thought of that. That's like the first thing that came to my mind. Just listen. My older brother always says like the nastiest shit. Like he called me Hyman until I was 12. Seth, I want to blow you. And she didn't say that, come on. She didn't say this the second part, but the first part, she's got an older brother. And she could have asked him, but she asked me. She looked me in the eyes and said, Seth, mom is making a pubie salad and I need some Seth's own dressing. She's DTF, she's down to fuck, man. Right. P and Vegie. She wants to fuck, man. Tonight is a night that fucking is an actual possibility. You just sound like an idiot. You're not gonna be able to sleep with her, man. No, dude, I don't wanna talk a lot of shit, okay? But she's gonna be at the party, and she's gonna be drunk, and she likes me at least a little enough to get with me. At the very least, I'll make out with her. Two weeks hand job, month blow job, whatever, whatever. And then I make her my girlfriend. And I've got like two solid months of sex. By the time college rolls around, I'll be like the Iron Chef of Pounding Vaj. Okay, can you just get out of here and we'll, we'll talk what about this later? Fuck, Evan, we're down two points. Fucking calm down, Greg, it's soccer. It's soccer. Fuck you, man. Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. People don't forget. Do you want to hear the best part? Becca, you do the same thing with her. When you guys are shit-faced at the party, you get with her. This is our last party as high school people. I fully ignored my hatred for Becca and coming up with this plan. I'm flexing nuts. Just fucking come with me on this voyage and just stop being a pussy for once and we can fucking fuck some girls already. I should buy Becca alcohol? Yeah, and we pimp. That way you know she'll be drunk. You know when you hear a girl saying like, ah, oh, I was so shit-faced last night. I shouldn't have fucked that guy. We could be that mistake. Have you talked to Fogel? All right, you talk to Becca, I'll talk to that retard Fogel. Don't worry. Seth, get off the field. Come on. You're getting that. No, no. I love a lot of the little moments. I think the more times you watch it, like with a lot of comedies, you find different things to find funny. But one that I've always loved is the moment when Evan is playing soccer in gym class and mm -hmm. Seth runs onto the field and then you have the interaction with Dave Franco. I know. <laughs> that always fucking killed me. Yep. It's soccer, Greg. It's soccer. <laughs> like he's just so annoyed that he cares. <laughs> Although I do remember getting kind of competitive playing games like soccer and some of the other shit. I know. I love in high school playing sports in gym class. Yeah, depending on who you're 
gym class teacher was, if it was like one of the football coaches or something, it could get like so out of control. Oh, I know. Full contact tackling soccer. (laughs) (laughs) We used to play this game. It was really fun where it would be a massive gym class of dudes and it would be split into three teams instead of four or two. So you'd have three teams, one sitting on the bench, two playing. There'd be two balls in play and two goalies in each goal. And there was like a shit ton of people on each team just running around. And then whoever got scored on, they would come off and then the other team would go on. You would think that it would be stupid because who's winning? Uh Different teams are coming on and off. Yet it was very competitive and people would fucking lose it. (laughs) We'd be like full on body checks, playing hockey, but like running. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy. Good times. Seth has a run-in with Jules and Jules' friend, and this is where it's confirmed what's happening. They want him to buy the alcohol for the party. So now he has a project, which for those of us who like girls when we're younger Mm -hmm. and we're afraid to just come out with our feelings. Definitely. You love to have a project. (laughs) Whether it's a fake party, (laughs) whatever it is, or a real one. But if it's part of it is I have to get the alcohol. Now you feel like there's a connection. It's like there's an in here. Oh, I'm going to go study at Jules's house, but I'm going to leave my hat there. Yeah. So then we have to talk again. That's a second date. It's like George Costanza. It yeah, really yeah. is like that sometimes. Right. You have to come up with how do I keep this going? Costanza. The worst thing you could do in your mind is just come out and say, I like you. I'd like to hang out with you again. <laughs> no, no, you can't do that. There has to be a whole thing. So now he's got a project. Not only is he invited to Jules's party, but now he's going to become essential to Jules's party. Her friend Shirley's like, get me some Kyle's Killer Lemonade. And he's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> but Jules does say, if you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. Mm-hmm. Great line coming up. Well, he says, the funny thing about my back, Jules, it's on my cock. <laughs> and Which... she just laughs while her friend is horrified. I know. It is insane to think that he yeah, would say that's, this. Yeah, that was probably like an improv. That's too much. The joke is funny, but this seems like it would completely bury any conversation. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like he would have the guts to actually She do just that. pulls that $100 back. <laughs> All right. Never mind. <laughs> but I was wondering what she meant. What does she mean? Yeah, I don't know. If you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. And they're both looking at him like expectantly. They were probably like, we'll have a threesome with you. And then he said that. And they're like, oh, never mind. (laughs) Forget it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. We don't know what they mean. He doesn't know what they mean. (laughs) Yeah, it's a mystery. (laughs) What could they possibly be talking about? I don't know. Evan tells Becca, and she wants him to get her a bottle of Gold Slick Vodka. And then he gets bumped in the hallway and accidentally punches her boob. Every scene, that's the thing. Everything is just jam-packed with jokes and hilarity. I know. The way she reacts to that is very funny, too, because she's like kind of stunned. And then he just starts Sorry. apologizing. It's okay. It's okay. She keeps saying, like, it's okay. <laughs> and then it's, like, over, and she's walking away, and he's still yelling down Sorry. the hall. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so now they're relying on Fogel to come through, which seems like a fool's bet. For Evan, maybe not that crazy because he seems closer to Fogel and more willing to put up with Fogel, but Seth seems to openly hate him <laughs> and have no faith whatsoever. But even him. from Evan's perspective, I don't know. Fogel doesn't seem that reliable that he could pull off an operation like this. So at first he doesn't show up and they're freaking the fuck out <laughs> because they've already 
promised both of these girls that they like, and they think they have to do this. Yeah. Even though at this point it doesn't seem like Evan has to do anything else other than just say, hey, Becca, do you want to go out sometime? And she would be fucking over the moon. <laughs> I don't know about Jules. It's harder to get a read on where we're at with I Jules. don't know. My version of this would have been like everything up until now where I'm like, yeah, I'll get you the booze. I'll be at the party and then just go home, not do anything else the rest of the night. Never Beg show your up. parents to transfer you. And they're like, yeah. you're two weeks from graduating. <laughs> yeah. Can we move? <laughs> I, can't I can't go, go back. back. <laughs> I have to leave town. <laughs> when Fogel finally does show up with his fake ID, it's one of the most legendary scenes of all time. Of course, it's a Hawaiian ID that says he's 25 years old he looks like he's 15 and it has one name mclovin (laughs) but i love the slow burn here it almost takes a minute for all the information yeah they keep in they keep getting more upset as they keep looking (laughs) at it and thinking about it i know this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie great ad lib from jonah hill first of all you look like a future pedophile (laughs) a future pedophile Yeah, because they look at it and they're like, why did you change your name to McLovin and all this stuff? And then it, it's almost like a second beat later. There's just one name. <laughs> why is I know. there more than one name? During filming, Christopher Mintz-Plass was the youngest at 17, Michael Sarah was 18, and Jonah Hill was the oldest at 23. And you definitely know that McLovin is the youngest of this trio. Mm-hmm. He looks very young, which adds to the hilarity in a right. lot of ways because he's the one with the fake ID. What are you like, Seal? <laughs> One name? <laughs> and the whole thing about why would you pick this name? Yeah. It was between this and Mohammed. I know. Why would it be between why There's would it be between that and Mohammed? So much gold in this scene. Make matters worse and to further put Seth into panic mode, his car is towed for parking in the faculty parking lot, which means that our heroes are gonna be doing a lot of bus traveling. Which I never would have been able to handle, but no. I didn't really grow up with that. So <laughs> That was one of the things. An opportunity came up to like take the bus to go do something, and I was like, I can't. <laughs> just, uh, anything that just seemed out of my element, I'm like, no, I can't, I can't go. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, if it was with guys, then who cares? Yeah. Seth ends up wearing some of Evan's dad's clothes because he doesn't want to be seen wearing what he wore to school. It's unbecoming. Just some of the mindset for some of these moves. Well, in all fairness, I get that. Yeah. Let's be real. Jules looks fucking great at the party. If he's fucking going there with a t-shirt and cargo shorts, it's kind of (laughs) lame. No one's gotten a handjob in cargo shorts since Nam. (laughs) One of my favorite moments all time, a moment that if I just think about it, sometimes I'll start laughing, is when they go to pick up mclovin from work and he works at a grocery store and he comes walking out strutting across that parking lot in that vest that Mm -hmm. look on his face (laughs) and the jokes immediate you look like pinocchio (laughs) and then later even evan gets in on it you take that off you look like aladdin (laughs) everything that mclovin does ends up with seth screaming in his face yes But yeah, that is one of the brilliance of the jokes of this movie, is just the reference points. Yeah, it was part of that era of comedy that got a little out of control, and Apatow stuff is probably the worst offender, which uh-huh. is everything is, you look like, right. you look like a... Yeah, yeah. That was so much of the jokes in these movies. And they're funny, sometimes they're great, 
but it did get a little bit mm-hmm. one note with that was all of their improving was that. Seth doesn't know that McLovin and Evan will be rooming together at Dartmouth next year. So that's the big thing, which we talked about at the outset. Seth is going to, quote, state. I don't know what that means. And Evan got into Dartmouth, which is a hard school to get into. But Mm -hmm. McLovin did, too. They're going to be roommates. And they specifically haven't broken this news to Seth, which is always an awkward thing. It's very unique to high school, where... There are friend groups where some people just don't like each other that much, but they're still part of the friend group. Yeah, there's factions within the group. But it's weird that there's only a trio, though. Right. Because you have to think about it from McLovin slash Fogel's perspective. How do you feel if you have two friends and part of it is you can't tell one of them that you're rooming with the other because he's going to be so mad because that guy actually hates you so much? Well, it's on his mind because he keeps bringing it up every time him and Evan are alone. Yeah, you would think that at a certain point, a normal person, you would just be like, just don't talk about this. And yet he keeps fucking talking about it. (laughs) We don't need to talk about this right now. There's no need to talk about it. Well, and I do think that throughout the movie, Evan likes Fogel more, obviously, than Seth. But I don't know. I kind of think that he's embarrassed that he's going to be rooming with Fogel, too. A little bit. I think there's a little bit of shame there. Yeah. Although, I think he likes him more, and it's partially because of that weird codependency thing with Seth and Seth doesn't like him and Seth is jealous and it's just a sore subject. If Seth was more accepting and wasn't always yelling at McLovin, I think that Evan would be fine with rooming with him. Mm -hmm. Later he says, I don't want, I didn't want to, I wouldn't want to, but I don't know. I think it's just part of the whole thing, the whole thing with Seth in the first place. After Seth fails to work up the courage to steal the liquor from the grocery store where McLovin works, the gang heads to an actual liquor store via the bus. Once there, McLovin starts to panic when handed the long list of stuff he's supposed to buy. (laughs) This I related to incredibly. I'll be so humiliated. What if they make me put the stuff back on the shelf? I can't do that. Dude, I know. (laughs) All the people will see. There's no one in the store. Yeah. The one time that I did buy booze at a store underage, I had a fake ID. It wasn't one of the ones where it was somebody took my picture. It was somebody else's picture. Yeah. I was just so nervous. Did they even card you? Nope. I never have been carded at a liquor store in my entire life. Nope. Didn't get carded. Now, of course, now yeah. I would I would actually start crying j- tears of joy if they <laughs> carded me at a liquor store because I look so old and haggard. Right. I look like the guy that they pick up at that bar later, the vagrant. But, <laughs> yeah, even when I was young and I'd just turned 21, the first time I would go to liquor stores or going in college, even at college, mm-hmm. the liquor store on campus, basically, down in the city, never carded once. You right. never get carded at a liquor store. Yeah. Only bars, places like that. Well, and I lived where all gas stations sold beer. Yeah. So that's where I was. But Did they sell liquor or just beer? Just beer. Did they card there? No, that's where I was. Now they have places that sell beer at certain gas stations around here now, finally. Mm-hmm. And they are the types of places that cart everyone. Now. Yes, right. It's like a whole thing. They're like, if you look like you're 37. I think they just cart everybody. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure there is like a note that says, though, 
Yeah. There's like a guideline age. Well, we used to hang out at the bar at the AMC movie theater, mm-hmm. and they would card everyone. Remember right. Remember that? There'd yes. be like a 60-year-old man that wouldn't have his license, and it would be a whole thing. Yeah, they'd, happened get, a couple they'd get times. angry. Yeah. yeah. But they would okay. be like, we card everyone. That's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> Seth's reaction to McLovin's cold feet, this whole thing's bigger than you now. <laughs> I guess you have to emphasize, his thing is, I have to get Jules drunk. That's the only way she's going to get with me. Right. That's the plan. That's what's happening. It's not even just that she gave him money, and now he's in charge of a project. It's, this is my only way to be with this girl that I won't even fully admit how into I am to my friends, mm-hmm. because that's not who I am as a guy. Meanwhile, Evan's like, I'm in love with Becca. He's always like, I just like her, man. Yeah. <laughs> Getting mocked for liking her. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What are you, gay? Liking a girl? That's like the kind of stuff people would say. I know. (laughs) Fucking idiots. Yeah. (laughs) So McLovin ultimately goes inside the store. Even though it doesn't seem like he's going to, he finally just does. Immediately, (laughs) he grabs a six-pack of beer and drops it on the floor. He's holding (laughs) one of them and then throws that one on the floor. (laughs) They're all exploding everywhere. (laughs) Outside, Seth and Evan are discussing condoms and lube. Yeah. Another moment that delivered so much joy. I have to say that a lot of times, Seth is a horse's ass, but he's 100% right here. I know. What the fuck are you doing bringing lube when you're in high school? What you, what's wrong with you? Yeah, and I got this little bottle of spermicidal lube. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't think my pussy was going to be able to handle your forage cock. <laughs> That's serial killer shit. (laughs) That is an insane move. I think I've used that for a closing clip in the past, but I'm going to use it again for this episode in case you were wondering where that clip is. It's also perfectly understandable, too, that when they see a girl that I assume graduated a couple years earlier than them walking down the street, they start talking about how she has huge boobs and then... (laughs) Evan's like, she got breast reduction surgery, and then they go run to take a look at them. And <laughs> Let's make the, a move. The way that they're running is so funny, too, like in unison. <laughs> I gotta get a look at those warlocks. <laughs> That's very relatable. Yeah. Unfortunately. Sure. Hello, Mindy. I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Um, okay. I'm gonna need to see some identification. Really? Makes me feel young again. <laughs> oh shit, it's Carrie Hutchins. She had the biggest tits I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, I heard she got breast reduction surgery. What? Making your tits smaller? That's like slapping God across the face for giving you a gorgeous gift. She had back problems, man. And it's not just making them smaller. They completely reshape them. They make them more supple and symmetrical. I got to catch a glimpse of these warlocks. Let's make a move. She's going around the corner. Come on. Your total is 
I don't know, man. I think she looked better before. But now that she can jog comfortably, she's in the best shape she's ever been. What is this? What's that? Man. Holy shit, they busted Fogel. How did this happen, Evan? Fuck, man. His dad's gonna fucking kill him. Despite the absolute lunacy of the McLovin ID, he does successfully buy all of the liquor, only to be punched in the face at the last second by a robber. By the time Seth and Evan return to the outside of the store, the police are already on the scene. They believe McLovin is being arrested when, in reality, officers Slater, played by Bill Hader, and Michaels, Seth Rogen, have agreed to give McLovin a ride to the party. Which sets off a storyline that the first time I ever saw this movie was far more hilarious than anything I ever envisioned. (laughs) This whole storyline, this whole run with the cops and McLovin, yeah, they, that, that was the movie for me. I, I love all the Seth and Evan stuff, but that took it to a whole nother level for me. They look at his ID and immediately roll with it and embrace him as if he is McLovin and he is 25 years old, and then they just sort of hang out with him. Meanwhile, outside, Seth and Evan have completely different reactions to the situation, where Seth is almost like... Well, he's dead now. Forget about him. Yeah. We have to address what's going on. He had Jules's money. What are we going to do? Next steps. Right. And Evan's like, oh, he's getting arrested. Oh, my God. What yeah. about Fogel? What are we going to do? <laughs> Who cares? He's gone. <laughs> and then Seth is hit by a car <laughs> in the parking lot. I know. The driver is Joe Francis, Latrulio. played by Joe Latrulio. <laughs> They try an extortion attempt, but he only has $7 on him. <laughs> Literally me. Yeah. That would be me in this situation. I have $4. How about that? <laughs> yeah, Lotrulio is pretty hilarious. I love the ride over to this party, too, whenever Seth answers the phone. And <laughs> he's up in the front seat driving, and he's like trying to like interact with the call and yeah. interact with what's going on like he's a part of it. Who's on the phone? What's going on? <laughs> Oh, we're going to get laid tonight. (laughs) Reaching back for a high five. In exchange for Seth and Evan not telling the police, Francis promises to take them to another party where they can get alcohol. Hey, I'm a nice guy. You guys on MySpace? (laughs) So now we're going to split up. Seth and Evan go to this party. Evan reluctantly. He's like, what the fuck are we doing? But Seth is so desperate to get alcohol because he wants to impress Jules. He wants to get with Jules. It's the whole goal. McLovin is with the cops while Seth and Evan go to this dirtbag party. So we're going to do the party first. It's clear from the outset that Francis is not actually welcome at the party. (laughs) The host of the party is Mark, played by Kevin Corrigan, who immediately is fighting (laughs) with Francis. (laughs) Drag him out and start punching him. (laughs) Seth and Evan are just watching this happen, like horrified. Now, this feels like a party that I would have accidentally gone to somehow in college. I, I, I never yeah. went to anything this wild in high school, but you end up at some weird fucking party I definitely in ended up at some weird house party situations where, like Seth and Evan, it's only like me and a couple of my friends, and everyone else there is not people we know. There's like guns yeah. involved immediately or something. In the background and then involved later, some people from, speaking of the Foot Fist way... All of the people involved with that. Yeah. 
Jody Hill, Ben Best, Danny McBride. Danny McBride somehow <laughs> the most known of those. That, I know those three. He's just in the background. Those other two actually talk. And this was sort of during his whole run up to becoming a guy. Right. Yeah. The hostile environment at this scary party starts to fray their nerves and spark a disagreement on how to proceed with the night. Evan wants to bail, but Seth is dead set on stealing liquor, no matter the risk involved. In truth, it speaks to his insecurities. He doesn't think there is any chance in hell that Jules will get with him. I know, unless but she's drunk. I do get his upped feelings of anxiety over this because now that you've lost the money too. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like they have jobs. Right. That's an infinite amount of money when you're a kid. I know. That has no job. How am I going to get $100 yeah. to give back? While Evan goes outside and tries to receive a phone call on his shitty cell phone from Becca, inside the party, a drunk girl dances with Seth, grinding up on him, staining his pants with menstrual blood. The actress here is Carla Gallo, a familiar face from some of these movies. She was just one of those people that you would right. see pop up in these things. Bill, white boy Bob from Out of Sight, making an appearance. R.I.P. He's the big guy. Mm-hmm. Seth retreats to the basement to wash the blood off of his pants, discovers a refrigerator full of beer, and has the genius idea to fill giant detergent bottles with the beer. This would all predate Tide Pod eating fad that was on the internet for a while. Ha. Because this is gross, and I never I know. liked this. I know. And they're drinking that green beer later. Dude. It's horrifying. I always think about it when I'm watching it. The idea that he fills these things up with beer. And yeah. thinks that that's going to be good in some oh. way. What if that was all they brought to the party? All I picture horrifying. is it just tasting like detergent. Upstairs, Evan can't find Seth, then tries calling Becca back from the house phone and gets trapped in a room with some shady-looking gentlemen doing cocaine. We've got David Crumholtz, Martin Starr, Kevin Bresnahan, who also was in Adventureland. Right. <laughs> just a scary-looking guy. Yeah, sure really. He's nice, though. Insane. He seems insane in this movie and Adventureland. They confuse Evan for someone named... Jimmy's brother. Jimmy's brother. <laughs> who is Jimmy? We don't know. But apparently Jimmy's brother can sing. <laughs> I can't wait to see you. Okay, bye. Evan? That was awesome. That was gorgeous. Hey, hey, hey. You guys, stay in this room, man. They're gonna kill that guy tonight. That chick's boyfriend is pissed. Yeah, he's a beast. I've been praying for a fight. I mean, I'm literally waking up every morning and praying to see a fucking fight. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Who's that guy? Hi. Who is that guy? Don't know. Who's this guy? Hey, fellas. Who's Hi, this guy? Who's this guy? Who are you? I'm nobody. No, 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 no. I know you. I know you. He was at that party with me, the one I was telling you about. No, Who is no. it? Remember? He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. He's no. the guy with the beautiful voice I was what? telling you about. No, 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 Jimmy's no. brother. That's not me, man. Oh, my God. Sing for us. Sing. Oh, it's not me? No. You fucking lying? Well, I don't mean to, you know, accuse you guys of being ill-informed. My but... brother came all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona to be here tonight, and you're not going to sing for him? Fucking bullshit. Sing. You're sing. a fucking singer. You sing, and you sing good. Sing it again. Like a bird. No, I know. I just, I, I want to. You want a line of cocaine? No way, man. Yeah. Don't make this weird. Sing. Sing it again. Me, me, Turbo. Me, me. These eyes. Cry every night for you. These arms. 
They long to hold you, hold you again. Boom, boom, boom. The hurting told me, yeah. Talk about the hurting. And I will never be right. No, no, no. Yeah. You gave a promise to me, yeah. And you broke it. You broke it, honey. These eyes. Are crying. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never gonna see another one like I have with you. These eyes are crying. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never gonna see another one. Go! Fight! Move it! Go! This is very funny when they're pressuring him to sing, and that Kevin Bresnahan guy. My brother drove here all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> You should sing for him. And then his brother, who seems completely out of it, goes, like a bird. <laughs> yeah. It's just hilarious, though, the song that ends up being picked. Since Jimmy's brother is supposedly a great singer, they force him to sing, and he ends up choosing to sing These Eyes by the Guess Who for some reason. I know. <laughs> Such a specific song and also not one that seems easy to sing. And it's terrible, and he doesn't know all the words, and yet they're <laughs> kind of into it. These are <laughs> Crumholtz with that little ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> Saying, I gotta get into a fight tonight. <laughs> About to leave, Seth is confronted by the psychotic Mark, who happens to be the fiance of the young lady who was grinding on Seth's thigh. They have matching period blood stains. A total melee ensues, and Seth and Evan make a run for it out into the night. This is where they finally have it all out. Seth accuses Evan of abandoning him. Mm-hmm bailing on him, it comes back to Dartmouth, which then gets a rise out of Evan because he's like, well, what the fuck do you want me to do? Go to a worse college on your account? I'm tired of you slowing me down, which is right. kind of a brutal way of Oof. putting it. Now I'm going to go to college of friendless virgin. <laughs> you fucking prick. What? You bailed on me. I didn't bail on you. Yeah, you did. You said you were gonna do something, and you didn't do it. That's bailing. You're the one that dragged me to that fucking party with those lunatics, man. I didn't bail on you. You bailed on me, okay? You bailed on me this morning when Jesse spat on me, and you're bailing on me next year. It finally comes out. That's good, man. We were supposed to go to college together, Evan. Since we were little kids, since elementary school, that's all we've ever talked about was us going to college together, and you got into fucking Dartmouth. You're making me feel like I'm a bad guy. Like, what am I... I didn't do anything wrong. I got into a good school. How the fuck am I supposed to get into Dartmouth? You knew I couldn't get into Dartmouth. How fucking selfish are you? You had no problem letting Fogel take the fall back there. You obviously don't want me going to a good school. Fuck, man! So what the fuck do you want? I'm not gonna let you slow me down anymore, Seth. What are you saying? I've wasted the last three years of my life sitting around talking bullshit with you, man. Instead of chasing girls and making friends, I've just sat around wasting all my time with you. And now because of you, I'm going to college a fucking friendless virgin. Is this about Becca? Is this about some girl, man? I like her. Who gives a fuck? She's some fucking girl. What, are you going to go out with her for two years? What about after that? Fuck you, man. You're a piece of shit. Fuck you. And next time you're pissed off about something, don't keep it inside for ten years. Say it like a fucking man. Don't touch me. Fuck you. Like, I do Figsy in Copland, this is a 
purge. Yeah. Fucking cleansing. <laughs> just got to get it out. I do think they are very much, and I guess to some degree this is how it was, but it's like they're very much underselling the summer after. I don't know. That's still, to me, like a time where things were very much happening. You mean the summer after high school? Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if I just wasn't remembering because it did occur to me, was this one of those movies where one of them has to go to that could be early, but yeah. th- that doesn't ever come. It up. doesn't. Yeah. Early admission thing or I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever. Early enrollment. It's just natural resentments that build up over time. Yes. They've got a couple months, but a lot of the summer, especially if you're Evan and you're going to be moving presumably across the country, right? Where's Dartmouth? Isn't that in like New Hampshire? Or something? Yeah. I thought it was in New England somewhere. And it's pretty obvious they're in California. They never say that, but that's I was wondering pretty that. clear that yeah. that's where they're at. I mean, that's what it looks like, but I was thinking that they don't ever specifically call out where they're at. No, I, most movies that film in California don't really mm-hmm. do that. Yes, but Dartmouth is in New Hampshire. If you're going to be moving across the fucking country in a couple of months, a lot of your summer is going to be preoccupied with mm-hmm. that. That's just the way it is. And I think that you kind of sense that at a certain point, especially if you're Seth. Definitely. Something's changing. So, yeah, I can see that the panic is starting to build in. They haven't quite graduated high school yet, but it's getting close. That's true. And I guess if Evan's not going to be in the mix and you don't have any other friends, it kind of makes the whole girl-getting experience seem even further far-fetched. You don't even have a friend? (laughs) Now I have no friends, Yeah, but I want to be your boyfriend. Right. (laughs) Meanwhile, while Seth and Evan have been stuck at a nightmarish party, which has led them to having it out on a suburban street, McLovin has been having the time of his life with Slater and Michaels, the two cops. It very much is a ride-along, something like Bad Lieutenant Mm -hmm. (laughs) or Training Day. Right. (laughs) We're getting the real shit. (laughs) It's actually sweet in a way. There's some real bonding here. And you kind of get the sense that Fogel slash McLovin, he's never really had close, close friends. You almost can put the pieces together in your own head a little bit. Like maybe Fogel fell in with these two who were already friends in senior year out of necessity for Evan because, oh, here's another guy that's going to Dartmouth. Something like that. Yeah, like more of a tangential friend that Evan saw an opportunity with and then brought him more into the fold. Right. So for McLovin, now he's getting some real male bonding going on with two funny guys. Right. They're hitting the sirens so they can go all through the red lights. (laughs) These cop characters are basically like everything funny when you think about how it would be to act as a cop. Like if you could just do these fucking things. And if you didn't give a shit at all. Yeah. McLovin's like, I'm ready to answer your questions about the robbery. And they're like, they're waving them off. Yeah. (laughs) Michael's case closed. (laughs) Not even considering trying to figure anything out. Of course. Right. There's no way we're going to find out who did this. McLovin's like, it was just one guy. <laughs> Slater's like, one guy? How are we going to find one guy in a whole county? Yeah. <laughs> they take a call that happens to be at a bar because, of course, you want to be go to a bar every time you can because you can get a free beer out of it. It's this crazy homeless guy that ends up knocking himself out, but it kind of looks like McLovin did it, so they treat him more like a hero. And then in one of the great scenes of the movie, they're sitting at the bar after the fact. They actually have the guy I know. sitting next to them at the bar, <laughs> like handcuffed and unconscious. <laughs> sitting there drinking, watching the friggin' security tape of him getting punched. Yeah, them watching that video, super hilarious. But then again, little under the radar 
subtle lines, especially from Seth Rogen in this scene where they're just having this conversation. They're talking about Slater's first wife, who they refer to as a whore, and then they're talking about the second wife. <laughs> Michael says to McLovin, you'll meet her, <laughs> as if they'll be hanging out in the future. Yeah. <laughs> He's just then, part of the crew now. The radio goes off. Yes. Like with some emergency. <laughs> so dismissive. Shut that off. Yeah. Just shut that off. And that was stuff that served multiple viewings. There were things that definitely went by me. This is one of those movies that when you're on that journey of rewatching it, so well, yeah, because you're laughing at something else. And yeah. You miss these little lines here and there. You'd be on your 10th or 12th viewing or something. <laughs> you'd have like a new favorite part. 10th or 12th. Yeah, I'm sure some people are no longer relating to us anymore no. now that we're saying we're watching movies 10 or 12. Really? This was one of those movies for me, though. Yeah, I get it. Three and a half stars, though. Well, uh, we're going to make a correction. <laughs> Legs lifted off the ground. Oh, my God, that is bona fide badass, man. Oh, you got to keep that tape. Yeah. Man. It, it no. is badass. No. It really is. Really? Oh, yeah. oh, don't you guys, like, need it for, like, evidence? <laughs> The only thing that's evidence of is you can take a hit like a champ, man. Seriously, take that. Uh, are there any ladies we'd like to show this tape to? The... You don't want to be a chick in a bar, man. Seriously. That was a major turning point in my life is when I realized that. You got to go to other places. You got to go to a spin class, a farmer's market, pumpkin patch, given the time of year. Just somewhere social, non-threatening, you know, something like that. I met the missus at paintball. Yeah, shot her in the neck, and we just, and we just hit it off, you know. My first wife, who is a whore, mm -hmm. by the way, where do you think I met her? A bar. A bar. Was this bar? Was this bar? Yeah, it was this bar. Bought her a Binion's, commented her on her tote bag, and next thing you know, she's putting her mouth around the tip of my penis. Uh, you don't have to cover that. Right in there. She opened up my world sexually. On our wedding night, we had a group sex. I wasn't involved in it, but I, I could hear it I through was. the wall. She was amazing. And then it was exactly 23 months later they found out that she was an actual whore. We discovered her on the street. Yeah. I'm sorry. She was, she was bad. Fucking whore, bitch. But you got a new wife now, so... Yeah. Yeah! yeah. And uh, she is... Wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll meet her. You know what? I bet I know your trick, McLovin. You play the whole mystery. What's going on, units? Armed and dangerous man in the vicinity. Back up! There's so much blood! I bet you play the whole mysterious guy thing, right? Yeah, uh, seriously. Um, How's it going with the ladies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not the going with the ladies I care about. It's the coming. <laughs> I get it! <laughs> like, blah! <laughs> like, coming! <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god, god. god. really funny. Woo! Alright, uh, it looks like we got a call. Oh, yeah. We can't pay for these. Ted Burr will be right there. No time. Peter Gonzalez, let's go! Wait, we should get some road beers, huh? Yeah. Hell yeah, we should get some road beers. Can I have 13 beers to go, please? 13 beers to go, please. <laughs> Which, Which is specific hilarious number. because first they're like, yeah, we can't pay for these. No time. We got to go. And they're like, Emergency. we need some road beers. <laughs> we get 13 beers to go, please. 
13 is such a perfect number too yeah to say because it's so random and funny and no amount of beers come in that serving <laughs> then they're playing with the breathalyzer in the car trying to hit like a certain number then they're firing guns at a stop sign letting mclovin hold the gun and then he's gonna <laughs> shoot it too <laughs> but then, then other cop cars are approaching and they <laughs> run they're like oh shit it's the cops <laughs> They get another call on the radio, and this time it's the call from the house party Seth and Evan narrowly escaped from. Evan and Seth are still arguing in the street. Seth pushes Evan. Evan pushes Seth. Then Seth is hit by a car for the second time in one night. (laughs) (laughs) And pretty brutally this time. I was hit by a car once in college because I went to a city campus. Uh It was a car coming out of a parking garage. And I was assuming he was stopping as I was walking in front of him. And then he just took off. And I was like up on his hood. No way. Yeah. It wasn't hard, though. But I just didn't have anywhere to go. So I was like, I jumped. And then I just rolled off and kept walking in the direction. Never even looked back. Oh, (laughs) wow. Should have seen if you could have gotten $7 off of him. This time it is the police cruiser with Slater, Michaels, and McLovin. And the vagrant that hit Seth. When they get out of the car, the cops discover the alcohol in the detergent bottles. So Slater and Michaels plan to pin the blame of the crash on Seth and somehow arrest them. (laughs) Not even sure what their plan is exactly. Well, they're still figuring it out as they go. They just hit a kid. Spread your shit. Pussies on the pavement. (laughs) McLovin gets out of the car and it's a perfect moment. The blissful confusion all around. Mm -hmm. Because after this insane night that's happened, how do you end up here where the three of them are reunited in this unexpected way? Yeah. Evan makes a run for it in one direction while Seth and McLovin grab the alcohol, which McLovin still has, and take off in the other direction. Slater and Michaels pursue but can't catch anybody. (laughs) Michaels puking beer on the side of the road. He's the fastest kid alive. (laughs) (laughs) I know, absolutely hilarious. Cannot hack it. Evan ends up running back into Seth and McLovin, and the three finally make their way to Jules's party. Evan says, Fogel, I don't understand why you were smoking cigarettes with those cops. Yeah. Fogel, because I fucking rule. <laughs> I love this newfound confidence. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to pay dividends for him. When he is smoking, it's one of my quiet favorite parts, too, when Seth Rogen's like, Smoke up, McLovin. Life's short. (laughs) Suck it in. I like when Slater gets back into the damaged police car. At this point, the car's so fucked up. (laughs) They kick the windshield out because it broke when they hit Seth. And then the vagrant in the back seat regains consciousness and, like, freaks out. (laughs) Slater looks back and screams. Ah! And then they just let him out. They're like, get out. Arriving at the party, McLovin inadvertently reveals that he and Evan will be rooming together at college, further adding to Seth's discontent towards Evan. Yeah. Shades of things to come with McLovin's newfound confidence because he's like mocking Seth. Like, yeah, why don't you go cry about it? With <laughs> Big fucking deal. Get over it. <laughs> and then when. Seth storms off. He says to Evan, we should have never had to hide our arrangement. <laughs> Which is such a weird way to put it. I know. One of the extras at the party is Clark Duke, who... Noticeable. Yeah, he's got a couple lines. I think they were goofing on him 
on the commentary because he, he would just go into the background anytime, even if it ruined continuity, because he's outside and inside the party oh, wow. seemingly at the same time. <laughs> because he's right in the background when Seth comes in, and then when Evan goes to the back, he's also in Becca's friend group. Right. <laughs> he just made sure he was everywhere where the yeah, camera yeah. was. Inside the party, our trio go their separate ways. Seth feels like a conquering hero, walking in with the booze, and his stories of the night's misadventures are absolutely killing. Yeah, well, that part rang true. Oh, yeah. Now that I have like a shitload of funny stories to tell, Yeah. even though when you're in the moment, it doesn't seem like much, that's definitely going to be the life of the party. Becca's gold slick vodka was destroyed on the way to the party, but it's no matter. She's hammered. Evan learns that she's been talking about him nonstop all night because Becca is DTF, and as you said, she is hammered. Evan sort of freaks out when Becca's friend Gabby tells him that Becca wants to blow him. Mm-hmm. Evan has to go into the bathroom and give himself a pep talk in the mirror. <laughs> she likes you. She wants to suck on your penis. It's like boogie nights. It's a good thing. It's the best thing. Meanwhile, it sounds like he's about to start crying. Really? Well, he's very freaked out by the fact that Becca is drunk. He is the complete opposite Uh of Seth. But also for what his vision is of them being in a relationship, it's not this. Yeah, it it does seem maybe Becca's actually a little wilder than what Evan might be able to handle. But Gabby says, well, it's not a big deal if you're drunk too, which I don't really think is true, especially... If you're sober, yeah, if you first when you know get that, that information, yeah. <laughs> it kind of cancels that out. So then he goes into the bathroom, gives himself a pep talk, and then tries to get drunk as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Which does kind of remind me of you at a party, just Definitely. disappearing to the bathroom and trying to get drunk. Absolutely. Crying. I just had a ton of social anxiety. So as soon as we got into the party, this was when I used to smoke cigarettes, I'd immediately be like, I'm going to smoke. And then just stand outside for most of the night until my yeah. friends were ready to leave. Meanwhile, McLovin, brimming with a newfound confidence after his night with Slater and Michaels, makes a beeline toward Nicola, and she is fucking into it. (laughs) She's an intimidating young woman, and McLovin did what he needed to do. What he had to do. Really? He threw it down, and she was like, all right. Yeah. This is the first high school boy that's really had what it takes (laughs) to make a move. He comes up, and he goes, Fogel, sup? (laughs) And she's like, all right. so lame. Hey, I don't know. I'm sure that most of the guys trying to dance with her all night were just staring at the floor and not you know, saying absolutely. anything. Absolutely. She's right. like, all right, here's a guy that's talking to me. Evan and Becca go upstairs, and Becca continues a full court press. But Evan puts a stop to the proceedings because she's wasted, which makes her angry and annoyed at first. But then she pukes next to him, pretty much proving his point. Their little dirty talk to each other is pretty great. Yeah. I'm so Uncomfortable wet. Uncomfortable for me. I'm so wet. Yeah, they said that would happen in health. <laughs> Your cock is so smooth. He's so awkward I and know. weird. Because he goes, yeah, yours would be too if you had one or something. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Seth, meanwhile, drunkenly attempts to kiss Jules. But much to Seth's chagrin, she doesn't drink at all. And so the whole thing is a colossal mess where she rejects his advances because he's not sober. He has a meltdown believing he's destroyed Yikes. any chance of getting with her. And it's a shock that this meltdown doesn't then do that. Cries and ultimately reveals his whole plan for them to hook up and then date. Yeah, it does sort of feel like 
she's like, well, you didn't blow it yet. And then he says one more thing. And then you're expecting her to be like, well, now you kind of did. Because <laughs> he keeps saying things that are making it worse. It culminates with Seth passing out, accidentally headbutting her on the way down and giving her a black eye. <laughs> and she yells, what the fuck? <laughs> this movie definitely had the capacity to surprise seeing it the first time you were not expecting some of these things to happen like he right. just fucking passes out i know and hits her in the face but this movie as i said is cool because for this time period you definitely did not have to worry about some of the shit that this movie really takes into account like consent boundaries respecting women doing the right thing that's a lot of what this movie is preoccupied with and a lot of other teen movie virginity movie Boner movies, tits and ass movies, that was not a thing at all. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think this movie ages surprisingly well when you would not necessarily expect it right. if you didn't remember all the specifics. Nicola and McLovin have advanced to the bedroom and are full speed ahead. He tells her, I got a boner. <laughs> she says, good. Right. <laughs> he talks about lube and stuff, and she's just sort of like, what? <laughs> Coming up a second time. Mince Plass's mother had to be on set for Oof. the scene because wow. he was 17. Weird. It works both ways. Yep. Whether it's American Beauty or this. <laughs> I know. I know. That's embarrassing. Slater and Michaels arrive to break up the party. Seth has regained consciousness and Evan has passed out in the living room. So Seth comes in and carries Evan to safety. Upstairs, Slater interrupts McLovin and Nicola right at the moment of insertion, causing her to run off. A couple of things. Does this count as losing your virginity if you get it in, even if you don't really do anything when uh, it's in? I think I would have counted it, yeah. Secondly, I bet McLovin has a fucking fire hose. <laughs> don't you get that vibe? Like I guess. A, kind of a Pete Davidson thing yeah. going on here. <laughs> I'm not talking about the real guy. Right. Christopher Mintz. No, yeah, the I don't character. know what, what's going on with him. Yeah. McLovin, I'm getting like a fire hose situation. Yeah, I think so. You have to watch out sometimes for those like really skinny That's guys. That's just the vibe, though. Yeah. So. He's laying it down. Yep. <laughs> I got a feeling. You got to have something going on to be this confident. He's going to be tearing that ass apart all summer, him and Nicola. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> when I was in high school. I used to have a thought that I was like, I wish I was just dumber and less aware. I, I felt like that would have served me better. Dumber than this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I but know. It I, is I, like sort of the curse of self-awareness. I would see certain people and I'm like, man, it just seems like they don't give a fuck. Yeah. If they got rejected, BFD or whatever. Well, that's what the night out with Slater and Michaels did for McLovin. Yeah. He became that guy. I needed a night like this in my life. <laughs> All right, everybody out. Come on, let's go. McLovin! <laughs> what the fuck? Officer Slater, is that you? You ran away from us. Why'd you run away from us? Michaels, get up here. Uh, I didn't run away. What the fuck? I didn't run away from you guys. I, Why would you do just, that? Oh, disoriented from the crash. Were you violating just... that girl? No. That young girl? You just violated her with your penis, Michaels. McLovin? No, no, no. No. Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit, were you just getting laid? No. Yeah, I was, but... Yes, oh, yes, he was. That's not what you think, guys. I'm not even... Sit the fuck down. Okay. Stay that ass down. Stay the fuck down. Calm down. down. Okay. I thought we were friends, and Stop. then you go run away from me. Contain yourself. We're friends. Shut up. Calm Why? Down. Calm down, man. What? You just cock-blocked McLovin. Okay, he's our friend. We don't do that. We should be guiding his cock. 
not blocking it. Just relax, okay? Let's make this right. Wait, what are you, what are you guys doing? No, please, I can't, I can't go to jail, please. I can't go to jail. We're really sorry, McLovin. This this is this has gone on. This has gone way too far. What what are you talking about? We know you're not 25, man. We're not idiots, McLovin. Yeah. Well, did you know the whole time? Look, when we were your age, we hated cops. When we signed the liquor store today, we just I guess we saw a bit of ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. and um we just wanted to show you that. You know, co cops can have a fun time, too, yeah. you know? You know, in a way, I think we wanted to show ourselves. Also, I'm... I'm really sorry that I blocked your cock. Apology accepted. Seriously. Oh, that feels good. Oh, it feels so good. I missed you guys. I just wish we could make it up to you somehow. Well... You think you can do me a really big favor? What is it? Anything. When Slater initially busts into the room, he's like so angry at McLovin for leaving them. <laughs> and he's like freaking out. And then Michaels has to come in and calm him down and point out that they cock blocked him. Right. We should be guiding his cock. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the sham is up now. And then when they all reconcile and like are hugging each other, yeah. Nicola comes back into the room because she forgot something. And she's just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> But, like, I don't know, from her perspective, wouldn't you be like, this guy is cool? Well, they sealed the deal. Yeah, I know. Even though it doesn't really, the continuity doesn't make sense, right. but she's probably like, what the fuck is I going know, on? that's the thing, the, the mystery of it all. Slater and Michaels apologize and reveal they knew all along that McLovin is not really 25 and has a fake ID. Their way of making it up to him is to drag him out as if he's some kind of a wild criminal and they're arresting him and really making a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're going to get so much ass. <laughs> <laughs> Even Jules's little blonde friend is kind of like, wait, Whoa. what the fuck is going yeah. on? And then Nicola's like, we were going to go to Hawaii together. And she just like looks at her like, wait, what with this guy? <laughs> right. Even Clark Duke gets a line. Yep. Wow. Fogel's a badass. Yeah. But I do love the little interruption to them dragging him out after when they're like, he's crazy. <laughs> Jesse spits on the cop. He's like, you fucking pig. And then <laughs> Slater hits him in the face with a nightstick. I know. And then they just Vengeance. act like, oh, back to arresting yeah. Fogel. He's crazy. The infamous Fogel. Together, the three of them have a solution to explain the damaged cop car, where they just take it to a parking lot and do donuts and then crash it and <laughs> set it on fire. <laughs> They're like, all right, we're going to come up with this story, and then you're going to sign a report saying that yeah. this is what you saw. <laughs> McLovin, can we shoot at it? This is so great. I know. I don't know. Can you? As he takes his gun out and hands it to a kid. <laughs> Empties the clip on it. Tight. <laughs> Seth and Evan make it to Evan's house where Seth reveals that he saw Evan's housing forms weeks ago. And so he already knew Evan and McLovin would be rooming together. And they both express fear and uncertainty over the future and this is where evan is saying i didn't really want to have to live with mclovin well fogel but 
I'm just too afraid to live with people I don't know, with strangers. And they're kind of coming to grips with it. Mm-hmm. What's going to have to happen? And it's painful. And his anger about Fogel and Evan living with Fogel is not really about Fogel. Sure. It's just misplaced emotion and fear. It's getting Absolutely. directed into something else. And they do have their big reconciliation, professing their <laughs> love for each other. And I saw your housing like forms. So I knew you and Fogel were going to live together. I'm sorry, man. I don't know. I should have told you. I don't know why I didn't. (laughs) Don't. No, don't be sorry. I should be sorry. I was being a dick. I was being a big dick to you. No, I... I, Listen, Seth, I want you to know I don't want to live with Fogel. I don't want to live with him. I just don't... I, I... I'm afraid to live with strangers. can't do it. I know. I know. I can't believe you saved me. But you saved me. I can't believe... I owe you so much. You cared. I love you. I love you, man. I love you. I love you. I'm not even embarrassed to say it. I just, I, I love you. I'm not embarrassed. Love you. I love you. It's like, why don't we say that every day? Why can't we say it more often? I just love you. I just want to go to the rooftops and scream, I love my best friend Evan. We should go up on my roof. For sure. Like when you went away for Easter on your vacation, I missed you. I missed you too. I want the world to know. It's, it's it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Boop, boop, boop. Come here. Come here, man. I love you. I love you. I will say, during the, more the college time period era for me, that those first couple years in college, I loved that time period at the end, like after the party was over. Well, yeah, I was just about to get into it. That was better for me than the party. Yeah, a lot of times I think, especially in high school, it's more the morning after, which Mm -hmm. is what it is here. But yeah, I think when you're older and you're just staying up all night, it becomes like even just immediately, right. immediate after. Because <laughs> knowing you and your friends, none of you were getting laid. No, so whoever's basement, <laughs> let's make freezer pizzas and... Well, we talked about this when we did Can't Hardly Wait Drink a soda. years ago. Yeah. When they go to the diner in the morning right. and that recap. The recap... That was always the best part. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but you have some of those fun, powerful nights. It can happen as early as middle school up through college and even post-college. Like, a big chunk of your life. Right. Now, we're way past Once it's over, it's over. Oh, it's long over. Right. I'll never have fun again. No. But you have those big, fun, powerful nights, and then the next morning or whenever, the recap time, there is a real feeling that something has changed, Mm -hmm. even if it really hasn't. But you know what I mean? Something happened last night. Even if it didn't happen to you, it could be my friend, he liked this girl for two months, and yeah. then she finally talked to him. 
or whatever. Something happened, and now we all feel different, and now something's changed. Right. It's great when it happens directly to you, but sometimes it's more of just a general, that was fucking crazy. Yep. Can you believe this guy did that, or this girl did this, or these two girls fought, or mm-hmm. whatever, anything. And then you talk about it for weeks or months. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had several have to run from parties that got broken up by cops. <laughs> oh, no, it's the cops. <laughs> Those were always funny stories because you'd end up running into people in bushes hiding like outside. (laughs) Everyone trying to make their way back somewhere. Seth and Evan go to the mall where they happen to run into Jules and Becca. Becca is buying Jules a new comforter since she ruined one with vomit. Mm -hmm. Becca and Seth both have to make apologies for their drunken behavior the previous night. And the boys pair off with the girls. I think we get a couple great Michael Sarah moments all right in this end mall sequence. One, the pants too tight thing. Just way too tight. It's a, like a division symbol, yeah. which is a great joke. But then also when they're talking about Jules and he just goes, your eye. <laughs> yeah, because Seth is kind of beating around the bush a little bit and he just goes, your eye. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. I can't believe I actually did that. So I feel bad that I'm making you buy me a new one. It seems like ridiculous. No, I have to. It's cute. It's <laughs> oh my gross. god. Do alcoholics get hangovers? Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. That's them. What the fuck do we do, man? Don't stop. Hey. 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 How's it going? Hey. <laughs> it's so good to. How are you feeling? I felt better, but I'll be fine. How about you? Okay. Did you have fun last night? Uh, you know, I actually don't remember much. I don't remember anything. <laughs> so weird. Nothing. Um, I didn't puke on you, did I? Uh, you didn't. I remember that you, I avoided it. It whizzed right by me, and I said, Stay away from me, yeah. I'm really sorry about everything last night, and I just... Thank you for being such a nice guy about it all. Oh, that's okay. You know, at least you don't have a black eye from it. <laughs> that looks terrible. Yeah. You look great. You don't look terrible. It's just like a bad bruise. Everything's great, just from he- this, just like right there. Your eye. Yeah, your eye. Everything else <laughs> is great. But seriously, I, I acted like a fucking idiot last night. You don't deserve that, so I'm sorry. On the upside, I think you look cool with a black eye. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't. I don't know. Well, thank you, smart guy. Thanks. That's actually uh, why I'm here, because I have to get a ton of cover-up for the uh, grad photo. Oh, man. Fuck. And I'm going to get Jules a new comforter. Oh, I have to get a comforter, too, for college. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I just figured I would need one. So, Seth. So, do you want to come buy me cover-up or something? I mean, you kind of owe me. Yeah, definitely. I would love to do that. 
I, I had uh, such bad acne last year that I pretty much became like an expert on the stuff. You drove, Evan drove me here though, so. Well, so, I, well, I mean, I have, I have my dad's car, so I could just give you a lift and then Evan could take Becca home, okay. if that works. I don't know if it's in your that route. Can we find with me? Fine, yeah. You, maybe we can get some food. Yeah, I'd like that. So I guess I'll call you. Yeah, give me a call. Yeah, you have my number. I have your information, Still? so uh, put her there. Perfect. So, uh, Good. Uh, all right, man. Okay. Okay, guys. Becca. Bye, guys. Bye, you guys. Right, See you, Jules. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, this is a, a big scene. It's very funny. There's a little bit of method to the madness, though. It isn't all just jokes for the joke's sakes, even though it's very funny, because... I love the part when they're actually going to split up and they're arranging their rides home and it, it becomes clear that Seth and Evan aren't going to be together now. Mm-hmm. And Seth turns to Evan and he's like, I have your information. <laughs> so put her there. And <laughs> yeah. they're like shaking hands. That's all very funny, but I think that this moment is symbolic of the detaching. Right. This is what we've been building towards because now they're moving on from the codependency and it's all exemplified because at first... As Jules and Seth are going down the escalator, he's mouthing, I'm going to fuck her, and, you know, doing his whole shtick behind your back. Right. But then he kind of, it fades, and then he's kind of just looking up and realizing, like, okay, we're not together now, and this is the start of something that's going to happen. Yep. This is where our reality is. Even though it's like, yeah, it's just that moment, that afternoon, that day. I know. But this is now well, going we, to be the thing. And we didn't talk about it too much, but there's, like, multiple lines in the movie of people expressing oh are you guys going to be okay yeah <laughs> like the, the idea of them splitting up and it seems like yeah they know more right than those two have accepted yet they haven't admitted how painful this might be right but it's clearly a known thing how much time these two spend together evan's mom yeah becca right <laughs> everybody yeah it's actually in fact people were probably talking like what what is with these two i know <laughs> When the four of them are standing there, this is the first and only time, I think, that Seth and Becca are in a scene together. Mm -hmm. Seth should have brought up the cock drawing Becca fiasco. Right. Although I don't think he would want to do that in front of Jules. Maybe she should have brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) Drawn any good cocks lately? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like this scene a lot. It's very funny. It's weird that we hear a little bit of Jules and Becca's conversation before they meet up with the guys. And I know. She's like, I feel bad that I'm making you buy me a new comforter. Then I was like, well, then don't. I don't know what that means. I feel bad for making you buy me a new comforter. I w- thought about that too. I think it's just worded in a weird way because I think Becca is saying, like, I know, insisting. she's insisting to do right. it, but still, yeah. I don't know. You wonder how good of friends they really were, because they weren't in any scenes together up until this moment. Right. So, I don't know. I got the sense that they were just part of that same general larger crew. The loop, as right. we used to call it. But not in a faction They're in together. The loop. Yeah. I'm out of the loop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Never been close to the loop, yeah, really. I, I couldn't tell you where the loop even is. <laughs> I don't know how you get into it. Right. I don't know who's in it, really. <laughs> I just know I'm not. Yeah. And that's the end of your picture with the two of them separated now and going on their ways. I'll run through some predictions. Probably not long for the world, Jules and Seth. Can't imagine they're going to have a serious relationship. She's clearly out of his league physically and 
yes, he is funny, but I don't know that she's going to put up with his shtick very long. If he's going to be like jerking off and talking about his dick and right. whatever. Becca and Evan, I could see dating for the summer and trying to do a long distance thing when college starts and it not lasting. But I think they could have, what is it? Probably about three months till college starts and then maybe tack on another month and a half till it all crumbles. Mm-hmm. Nicola and McLovin married 83 kids. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Squints and Wendy Peppercorn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, what? Only five years or so later, they're reuniting in This is the End. You have Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill, Christopher, Christopher Mintz-Plass technically playing themselves, although not really. And they've inverted the characters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where Michael Sarah's completely out of control. Right. Drugs and sex and smacking Rihanna's ass. And they set up a specific moment for the super bad reunion yes. where it's the three of them alone. And <laughs> Michael Sarah walks up to him, walks up to McLovin and goes, Hey, does this Coke smell funny? And blows it in his face. <laughs> and he's like, What the fuck? I've never done cocaine. <laughs> like freaking out. <laughs> Michael Sarah, I was saying to you, takes This Is The End, which is an okay yeah. comedy, and makes it pretty solid with all of that stuff. If you take away the Michael Sarah stuff, it's not that great. McBride is good in it, but you kind of want it to be better a lot mm-hmm. of the time. But that Michael Sarah stuff in the first half hour is unbelievable. I know. How great it is. And there you have it. That's super bad. It came out at a time where there were a lot of successful comedies. And the only one that did a sequel was Anchorman. And even though I thought Anchorman 2 was hilarious and very underappreciated, it seemed like people just didn't vibe with it. Yeah, I still never have seen it. Well, it's weird because there's two versions of it that are very different. And some people really like the other version, the non-theatrical one. And they're always like, why wasn't this the theatrical one? But I think they're both funny. Okay. I saw it in the theater. I enjoyed it. I don't know that it was a bomb or anything, but it just people... Had moved on, I guess, and it just wasn't I don't appreciated. Know. I'm not intentionally abstaining from it. It's... It feels like you are. Yeah. That was like a must-see immediately. I gotta make it happen. But that's the only one. They never did a sequel to Old School. I guess The Hangover, but that came at the tail end. Yes. That was like the And really, like, the second and third are more representative of what would come. Nothing. Well, the third one is almost not a comedy. Yeah. It's I'd... so not funny. Right. Although I do love the part where he's, there, he's hanging... Like from the comforter oh, yeah. or whatever. Did you get it? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, one really funny line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do a sequel to Wedding Crashers, even though it was massive. There's rumors that they are. I don't know how if that's actually happening. I haven't checked lately. It doesn't seem like there's really a palette like for you that. Could. Yeah, <laughs> sort of humor. But yeah, Super Bad is the type of movie that if a movie like that came out now and was that successful, you're better believe there'd be a fucking sequel because I know. they're desperate for success now but yeah it just came and went and they let it end that's good though yeah it's for the best there's no reason really to do it you i've can't... never been a guy that lets a sequel ruin the first no one, no but th- but... it just feels like who cares like why would how would it be better? there's just no way unless they came up with some fucking genius idea to launch it like where it starts or what's what's happening you know what I mean? Right. So unexpected where you're just like, holy shit, this is not what I thought at all. Mm-hmm. Something like that would be cool, but knowing how things are today, it would probably be like Netflix exclusive, and it would come out on a Friday, and by the next Tuesday, no one would even remember that it happened. 
we've become that podcast. We just complain about everything. <laughs> well, everything sucks. Art, art imitates life. What are you doing? What? What? Vincent stopped making picks. Well, how am I going to know what movies to see? We have a wide variety of Gene picks. Gene's trash. I'm Gene. All right. Let's move on to recommendations. For this one, we're just going to talk about Yellow Jackets Season 2. We did Season 1 as a give us a second. I think there's a pretty good chance we'll do a Season 2 give us a second. Oh, cool. I think Yellow Jackets is just one of our things now. Okay. Seinfeld and Yellow Jackets. Yeah. (laughs) I'm good. Now, at the time you're hearing this episode, at least two episodes of Yellow Jackets, the new season, have aired. Mm -hmm. But we're recording this way in advance. We've seen one. We've seen one. Just the first one. And we liked it. We can't really get into spoilers. We'll save that for the give us a second when we do it. But I had a lot of concerns heading into season two part of it was probably unfair because i was basing that on fan theories i was like oh god that sounds horrible i hope that doesn't happen (laughs) but it all comes back to stakes not the food but Mm -hmm. (laughs) what we've got in the game and i was afraid that the show had already flirted with undoing things with what happens with van in season one right now i heard recently that a big reason why they decided to keep van alive was they just liked that actress they were like oh she's great because okay. they were going to kill her in that scene. Yeah. And then it didn't happen, which is fine, but you can only really do that once. Right. And so without getting into all kinds of specifics about season one, you sort of build towards another death. And there was a lot of talk about maybe, is it real? Is there going to be mm-hmm. more to it? Is, there, is she going to come back from the dead? So far, that doesn't seem like that's going to happen. It's like, what is this, the Scream franchise now? Hopefully, we don't go down that road. Right. And it's not guaranteed that it won't, but I felt better after this first episode, which I thought was pretty solid. Now, you had some concerns about the modern day timeline, which Mm -hmm. I do kind of agree with. Yeah, I just feel like they've set something up that it's hard to envision this ending any other way than what you would think would happen. I imagine there's a way that they could write their way out of it, but it seems like that will be silly now. Well, I think you can always get away with the thing you're talking about. Okay. Now it involves more people. And right. Who it knows? It seems like a sloppy situation. Well, it could be heading towards a darker ending to a show than you would maybe think. Well, that's true. Where everyone's dead or something. I don't know. But yeah, I would agree that some of the stuff with the modern day timeline is less interesting, and I felt that in season one. I think that's a point I made during that. Give us a second. I said yeah. I love the stuff in the flashbacks to '96, but the present day is a little less. I like the stuff with intriguing. Misty in the modern day. Yeah, and now there's a whole thing with the cult and everything, mm-hmm. which could be cool. You never know, but yeah, I think it's safe to say that we liked it and we're we're happy so far with season yeah, two. Yeah, I was back in. It didn't take much for me to get back in. You were like, man, this Papa Roach moment, I'm 100% in. (laughs) You're like, that's me in the fucking garage. Really? (laughs) Got to blow off some steam. (laughs) I've already bought nine Blu-rays for the year. I can only get one more. (laughs) Papa Roach time, baby. (laughs) All right. We'll keep it short with recommendations. We'll launch into our closing here. Please follow us on Twitter, at GreatestPod. Email us at greatestpod at gmail.com this is where you can reach us for anything involving stickers listener requests which do cost money 
If you're curious about any of that stuff, you have questions, comments, concerns, just reach out. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance, and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Find us on Letterboxd, Zach1983, and Matt Crosby. Now, programming note, Mm. two episodes this week. We're about to record the second one. Big week. Big run-in towards One Trashy Summer. We were overloaded with listener requests, which is a good thing, which means people are supporting the show and are interested in the show, which is blowing our minds on a daily basis. Absolutely. But we still wanted to cram in some of our own picks, too. So very busy time period out of nowhere. So hold on. It's always how it happens. We'll see how it goes. Maybe by the end of this stretch, you'll be like, enough, please take a break. (laughs) Too many episodes. (laughs) But we'll see. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you in a couple of days. I guess I'll always feel the same. Love is strange. Yes, I love you, baby. I wouldn't have it any other way. As long as there's been a night and day, it's been you and your crazy ways. I love you as long as I can remember. Your precious love's burning in.
We're so fucked. We're so fucked. This plan's been fucked since Jump Street, man. Okay, just calm down. Just calm down, all right? Hey, so did you bring a condom for tonight? You brought a condom with you? Yeah, I figured I might as well, you know? I brought a little bottle of spermicidal lube, too. But you laughed in my face when I said I'd be having sex tonight. Yeah, that doesn't mean you shouldn't just always be prepared. You know, you didn't even bring a condom? No. No, I mean, that wasn't part of the plan. I can't believe you did this without consulting with me about it. Why are you talking about a plan? We've never discussed, like, any plan, but you keep saying we have a plan. I had, like, a general outline, you know? I was gonna go down on her for, like, several hours, okay? She would love that. She'd be smitten by that. She'd go out with that. Or I'd dry hump the shit out of her leg. Okay, well, I just... I don't see the harm in bringing one little condom. And one little bottle of spermicidal lube? Yeah, one little bottle of spermicidal lube. Evan, that's psycho shit, man. It's not. It's like Charles Manson shit. What do you think Becca's gonna be psyched that you brought a bottle of lube? Oh, Evan, thank you for bringing that lube for my pussy. I never would have been able to handle your fucking four-inch dick inside my pussy without that gigantic bottle of lube. Okay, that's fucked. That's enough. These girls are 18 years old. They're not dried up old ladies. They're good to go. Then I won't bring the lube. Don't make me feel like that. I thought it was cool. This is a nice kind. Let me see that for a second. It's an impressive kind. That's kind of cool. That's Fucking cool. dumbass. Lube! Oh, that's fine. You brought lube! So you owe me six bucks, because I'm not walking over there to get it, and it exploded.